Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chen. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1234 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. We're going to hook up with Mark Spector in about seven minutes' time. We'll tell you this. Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. The 99th Ruth's Chris is currently closed to comply with provincial health guidelines. But Brendan and the staff at Ruth's Chris are wishing a safe and happy holiday season. Looking forward to seeing you again. For all of the people uh, that are uh, employed in the... Uh, hospitality industry that are currently shut down. Uh, hey, we're uh, we're thinking of you. Uh, for the ones that have takeout options, I hope you're doing uh, uh, solid business right now. And a reminder to buy local. And again, uh, you can uh, text us at any time on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Again, Mark Spector will hook up with him. He's actually just concluding an interview uh, with Ethan Bear. But we're going to go into the Oilers Now Audio Vault, brought to you by Direct Workwear, supporting local and Canadian manufacturers in Edmonton and online at Direct workwear.com. Sunday, the Edmonton Oilers signed Slater Cuckoo to, was it Sunday or Saturday? Might have been Saturday, actually, to a one-year deal. 850K. Uh, Reed Wilkins had a chance to catch up with them. Uh, this full interview will run tonight on Inside Sports, but uh, Slater has this to say on his thoughts on the Oilers and joining the team. I'm excited for the opportunity, Reed. It's, um, you know, anytime you play the Oilers, uh, you know, there's two guys that really stand out on the on the score sheet there and who, who you're going to play against. It's, it's always a tough night. And, you know, I, I was really impressed with some of their supporting players throughout the playoffs. Um, just, just a lot of excitement around some of these guys coming up. I'll be joining a good, good defense core and I hope I can fit in with them and uh, really help the Oilers win this season. Uh, Cuckoo also out of the fact uh, that it was uh, a little bit challenging being a free agent during this uncertain time. You know, once I hit free agency, the market, you could just see the difference in the market this year with COVID and everything going on. It was uh, definitely a different free agent year. Um, and then ultimately, it took me till Christmas Day. Uh, I was able to get it done with Edmonton, and uh, I couldn't ask for a better Christmas present. All right, and uh, he added some additional comments on his style of play. Definitely in this last season with Chicago, uh, I came into my own on the defensive side of things, um, you know, hoping to shut things down against some of the some of the opposing team's top players. So um, I'm hoping to do that again this year, hoping I can earn the coach's trust and uh, and really be that shutdown, uh, shutdown pairing for them. 
So a guy gets drafted 10th overall, you know, maybe sees himself as an offensive puck-moving D, uh, plays with Tampa Bay, difficult lineup to crack. Uh, they've got some terrific defensemen, some big defensemen, uh, and reinvents himself with a second organization in Chicago. You know, we sort of saw that happen with Andrew Cogliano here at Edmonton. You know, probably thought that he was a second-line player in Edmonton and looked at the team and said, I need to be that sort of guy, and got moved to Anaheim and became an excellent middle six forward that killed penalties. So I think Cuckoo's going to have a chance to play more than people think. Um, just, uh, you know, there's going to be injuries. He's a bigger body. He can play left and right side and PK. Also on tonight's show, one of Reed's favorite players, and a guy that's just a, a terrific person to deal with when he was an Edmonton Oiler, uh, willed himself to the National Hockey League, an undersized guy that he jokingly said of himself uh, was small and slow, but he found a way to uh, do it. Mark Letestu, he went through a heart challenge last year as a member of the Winnipeg Jets organization. Uh, again, Reed will have a full interview coming up with Letestu tonight, but back in the Oilers now, Audio Vault for Direct Workwear, and uh, Letestu had this to say, breaking down his decision to retire as an NHL player. Well, well, I mean, in, in the last little bit here, I've I've had a lot of time at home. Uh, so I've basically been home since last November uh, with, with myocarditis. So I got a chance to kind of reintegrate myself back in, into family life. And uh, a lot of things add up. You know, you, you start getting around the family, and she doesn't want to kick you out because you're not bugging her too much. So you're you're welcome. So that's part of it. Uh, and I hadn't scored a goal in the NHL since, I think, 2018. Uh, so at, at some point, you you start to realize kind of what, what you are. And, and I would have just been, you know, a minor league guy that, you know, as an older guy, maybe to help some prospects along. And, and that would have been fine. But uh, you're going to end up, you know, if it doesn't work out that it's in Cleveland, it, it's probably going to be further away from home. So you're away from your family. Uh, and when the trajectory of your career is clearly going down, uh, sometimes it's you got to make a tough decision to to maybe hang them up and transition to a career where maybe you can change a trajectory, uh, whether you get back into hockey in some other capacity. Uh, maybe you can start on the upward trend again, working towards something. Uh, so that kind of was what the decision had come down to. Not so much that I just want to kick my feet up and stay home and, and you know coach kids hockey, which which I like. But uh, at this point, if I could trade, you know, a jersey for a tracksuit or be a part of uh, a team somewhere, uh, I would very much welcome that. I think you might get that opportunity. We'll wait and see. All right. Uh, welcome, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you again. Uh, that was Reed Wilkins in conversation with Mark Letestu. The complete uh, interview is coming up. We just had Oilers head coach Dave Tippett on. Just before we bring in Mark Spector, Smitty has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, it baffles me that the Oilers have been looking for more scoring depth, and yet they don't go after Mike Hoffman, a proven winger with good hands. Can you explain why? From Smitty. Well, Mike Hoffman is going in on a PTO, but with a prearranged deal to St. Louis Blues. I believe that will likely pay him three and a half to four million dollars per. Edmonton didn't have that type of cap space. Uh, they've signed Cahoon, Ennis, as an example, two forwards for a combined total of under two million dollars. They add Cuckoo as a defenseman, eight fifty. They've spent two point eight million dollars for a couple middle six uh, wingers, Cahoon, who's got very good analytics, and then they get a veteran uh, depth defenseman to help out as well. They just simply didn't have the cap space this year for Hoffman. As we bring aboard for the horses, the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing and breeding industry for horse racing, Alberta, it's Mark Spector. Happy holidays, Mark. How are you doing? 
No, doing fairly well. Ethan Bear sends this hello. Oh, uh, I just <laughs> uh, of course I was waiting for a call from him to do a story on his uh, him getting a new contract. And twelve thirty, I get the text. Yeah, Ethan Bear's going to call right away. So <laughs> it's all good. Sorry, it's all good. Sorry, it's all I'm good. late, pal. It's all good. Uh, what a, what a story! Like, and Mark, you and me knew in the fall last year because we were at the uh, the. Barry Cates uh, golf tournament to start the year, the season launcher. Remember when we still do, did those things face to face? And I remember Dave talking to us, uh, and we were having a seven up and just saying, "Man, Bear looks really good out on those captain skates." And lo and behold, he ended up playing more uh, minutes than any other rookie last year. Uh, I got to tell you, two-year deal, two million bucks. He's back in the fold. The owners know where he's at. It's a fair price for him, and he's become a real uh, fan favorite. Your thoughts on the deal? Oh, the deal's good. You know, it's a fair deal for everybody. He he, he goes from guy making I think eight hundred thousand to two million. Uh, he only signs for two years, so you know Ken Holland's hands were relatively tied. He didn't have a lot of money, and on the other side of it, Bear had very little leverage. So, uh, you know, everybody's got to be happy with that deal. It's it's not so long that that it eats up too much of his career. But uh, I want to say this about Bear. You know, I just got off the phone with him and I asked him sort of. I'm trying to write a piece on the player, of course, and you know, I asked him what his goals are this season, and it's a different year. He's coming in as a top-four guy, and he didn't talk about himself at all. What he said was, I want to win. He said, we haven't done anything here. We haven't won. Technically, he said, this is him talking. He said, technically, we didn't make the playoffs last year, and we all left with a lousy taste in our mouths, and I want to win. He's not here to talk about how he's going to play and how how he's going to improve and all of that stuff. It's not about Ethan Bear. It was about the team. I thought that was, you know, for a guy who just signed a new deal, I like the fact that he's talking about putting his team in the right mindset right from the start here. Forget about all the individual stuff. Let's win. Well, and you know, Mark, I mean, I think that, you know, the top end guys feel that way too. Like, you know, they were, uh, I, I wouldn't say, you know, I think they're really disappointed that they lost that series to Chicago. I know they had great, uh, good stretches and we've, you and me have discussed this ad nauseum. How do you equate what was a pretty good regular season with a disappointing playoff run? Well, yeah. you learn, you learn, you learn from it. Now, I, I don't know if you had the chance to hear the Dave Tippett interview, but yes, he thought, Okay, so he flat out said, we got to be better five-on-five. Five. I think they've yeah. improved their five-on-five five in, in terms of what they can do with their forwards. Do you feel that way as well? Yeah, well, you know, that last texter that said that the orders are trying to improve their scoring and they didn't get Mike Hoffman, I mean, your answer was spot on. I don't know why they didn't get Mike Hoffman. But I'm not so sure that scoring is the biggest deal for the Edmonton Oilers. I think they score okay. You know, they score fine. Uh, we've had this conversation. When Tippett talks about our five-on-five five play, Sure, they need to score a little more five-on-five. They could use a few more five-on-five goals. But I think it's far more about not getting scored on five-on-five. I think this team, if they can square up a little bit uh, and and not especially their their deeper lines, if they can – you know, play even hockey five on five. They're going to win a lot of games with their power play. They're going to score enough five on five goals to get the three every night. Uh, so I would, I would argue with the guy that says they got to improve their scoring in the wing. And they got to improve their, their, you know, staying in games five on five, Bob, not blowing games at five on five and then trying to catch up on the power play. And, you know, we've discussed this a lot. To me, part of that challenge was just, you know, in, in the three, four holes at center and they 
don't bring Riley Sheehan back. He signs a, a PTO today with the Buffalo Sabres. Kara's mm-hmm. still here. Kara's going to have a lot of competition for that job. Gaetan Haas. Today we find out Devin Shore. I know Devin Shore is not a... Uh, uh, 52% face-off guy, but I got news for you. Nor has Jujar Kara. Kara's been a decent, a pretty good penalty killer that hasn't played great five-on-five. Five. Now you have Turris as a third-line center. You have more wing options. You have the emergence of Yamamoto. Not to, and, and as you know, Mark, they were a different team. It was a year ago today that Yamamoto got recalled. And when they committed to McDavid on dry settle on different lines, they were a different team. And now you've added, I think you'd agree to that. They were a different team. Uh, by the way, just speaking of goals for Mark, Edmonton, mm-hmm. just as an FYI, the Oilers in 1819 finished 20th in the league in goals for. Last season, they were 14th. Mm-hmm. Okay. They were 25th in goals against in 1819. Last year, they were 15th, second amongst the Canadian teams. That said, their five-on-five scoring was in the bottom five or six. In the, I think it was like 24th, 25th, 26th. Uh, where they made it all up was in the PK. Their PK was unbelievable. So, really, it's it's pretty obvious what they need to do, right? They need to be a better five-on-five team. And if they can do that, it might offset the inevitable drop that they're going to see in their special teams, Mark. Well, that's it. And define, like, dig in on being a better five-on-five team. What does that really mean, right? You know, it's one thing to score a bunch of goals with a man advantage because you have an advantage. You, there's a ton of skill guys. They toss the puck around. It's a pretty easy environment. Everyone's free. They got the puck. It's creative time. It's let's have a lot of fun. What do they call it, Bob? Sugar time on the power play. Yeah. So that's great. But, you know, and this isn't, I'm not revisiting the everyone has to be way better defensively thing. But what I'm saying is five on five is where, you know, everything's equal. And and it, a lot of intangibles come to play. You know, is your battle level as high as the other team? Is your, you know, are you as defensively conscious as the other team? Are you getting as good at goaltending as the other team? You know, five on five, like there's no such thing as a team that gets beat up five on five and is and in the end succeeds as a playoff team because we all know that when you get to the playoffs, there's way more five on five hockey and all of those elements that I just listed off get amplified in the playoffs, right? Everything five on five is everything in the playoffs. So you can't, you know, power play, win your game here, win your game there in the playoffs, and it could carry you through a bunch of the regular season. But if you're, they were a bit of a one trick pony that way last year. They got to become a real team. They got to be able to beat you five on five and the power play should be extra. It shouldn't be the, you know, everything that this team is living on. It's 1247 in Edmonton. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing, Alberta. Dave didn't give up anything in terms of the potential lines. Uh, I heard that. I was a little disappointed. (laughs) I I know that a couple of opposition managers have said, Bob, it's simple. Wherever Nugent Hopkins goes, if he's with McDavid, that's the number one line. If he's with Drysaddle, that's the number one line. Um, I personally think we're going to see Cahoon with Drysaddle and Yamamoto to start and R&H to McDavid and Cassian. Give me a thought on those two tandems or trios. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that, that uh, I mean, Yamamoto plays with dry saddle. They play so well together. I don't know why you'd break that up. Uh, Nugent Hopkins is such a good player. He can play with either guy, no problem. And we've seen, you know, everyone loves the fact that Cassian can, can skate on a line with McDavid. He can handle the puck well enough to play, you know, pass the puck a little bit with McDavid. And the most, one of the most important things is 
it's nice having your toughest forward on McDavid's right side. I think everyone thinks that's a good idea. So I think your right wings are set. Now we're going to have that conversation. Who does Nugent Hopkins play with? Uh, I think I'm I'm kind of here to tell you that if if I'm giving Yamamoto to Drysaddle, I'm giving Dry I've given Ryan Nugent Hopkins to McDavid, and I guess now McDavid's my first line. You know that second line's awfully good. Let's see how Cahoon plays, Bob. I think you referred to him as he's got great analytics. That's a red flag for me, right? I want to hear a guy who's a good player, not a well, guy who has good numbers. And, and you know what? I I, I uh, hey, I'm not gonna totally buy in yet. I'm still from the show me state on this. Like I look. Look at the fact that he gets moved out of Chicago after a 37-point season, plus player uh, in 82 games. Uh, Michael Rupp, longtime NHLer, just like came on the show right after the Oilers signed Kahuna on November the third and said Pittsburgh made a mistake when they traded him. He had a good fit going on their second line with uh, mm-hmm. of Jenny Malkin, and they didn't really replace him once he got moved out of there. And I, I just, you know, I find it, and, and part of it is. If if you take if he's been an evens back to five on five mark he's done the majority of his scoring five on five but he's played with good players well now he's probably going to be playing with dry settle so I I'm I'm willing to concede I'm from the show me state on Cahoon I I, I know like I believe the kid's name is I, I can't pronounce the guy's name is it Dom Lucision that does this he does this sort of analytics breakdown for the athletic yep. and he was pretty effusive on his praise of Cahoon and like I'm broadcasting games for the team and I'm still a little bit more tepid in that in that area but that's got me intrigued how'd you feel about Tura centering Innocent Poliarvi? Yeah, I, you know it's funny because I talked to Tip this morning. Uh, from this bear piece, and I asked him the same thing: Are you going to play Poliarvi with uh, with Tourist? And he wouldn't commit either, and he didn't commit to you in your conversation with him. So uh, I, I'm, you know what? I know I, I'm pretty darn sure that the general manager would like to see Poliarvi play a regular shift yep. and play with a guy who's got some offensive ability and a veteran centerman who can help show Pugliarvi around the league again and kind of get him, help him to become an NHL player. I'm positive Ken Holland wants that. But the other thing I know about Ken Holland is he's not going to tell Dave Tippett who to play where. So I sense Pugliarvi's got to play ball. Like, you're not bringing him in and giving him fourth-line minutes, right? He's got to play. Let's figure out if this guy can play. So that tells me he's going to be a top-nine player. I don't see him in the top six. Turris is my third-line center if I'm coaching this team. So I think when you do the math, you got Pugliarvi on, on Turris's right side, don't you? Yes, I, I do. And you know, I could see I, play? I could see Archibald ending up over in left wing because he's capable of doing it. So just food for thought in that regards because they're mm-hmm. going to need they're going to need one of Neil and Chase uh, Chase on in the lineup. One of those guys has the net presence unless they're going to go with a a smaller, quicker guy like a Yamamoto who would be a puck retrieval guy and be the little uh, honey badger that he could be there. So interesting stuff. It's 12.52. We're going to take a rip on defense when we come back on Oilers now in one minute's time. And uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about running up the score or if it was running up the score in our uh, second hour segment. You're listening to Oilers now. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 
All right, welcome back, everybody. 1253 in Edmonton. Uh, Speck, just before we hit on the D, Mark Specter for the horses. Horse racing in Alberta, the 7,000 men and women working in Alberta's horse racing and breeding industry. Devin Shore comes in. Uh, Ken Hitchcock had history of Devin Shore. Mark, it's my belief he's he's got a legitimate chance to make. I know he's in on a PTO. I could see him making this team. What about you? Well, this is the one glaring spot that's open here is fourth line center, right? Yeah, and I think that's what he does best. Is that not true? Well, he can play it. He can, but he can play all three forward positions, and you're going to need depth in this. Uh, and in theory, they could move some money around because of Kleppbaum's LTIR and still sign another guy at say 800k. So. You know, I mean, he's he's played. Uh, I know in Dallas the one year they lost a couple centers, and he had to play a bunch. So, I just think he's got it. This is this is to me kind of like when Chase on made the team. There's an opportunity as a PTO. Mm-hmm. There's an opportunity here for uh, Devin Shore to make it. I'm surprised that that um, they, if if that's going to be their PTO forward, I th- I would have just thought there'd be a lot of guys with a higher pedigree around. But that's fine. If if you know Tippett will have done his homework on them, and he'll make whatever the minimum is these days, seven fifty. Um, I, I want to say too, Bob, it's a different year. Like yes, yeah, Devin Shore could make your team and play out of fifty six games. If you have any decent health, he could play twenty games. You know, he could play fifteen games. Right? He could be a taxi squad guy who sits around all year and barely gets in any games. And you really don't want that for you know, the orders aren't laden with farm hands that are ready to be that player. Right? Tyler Benson's, you know, maybe their closest guy. But you don't want one of your young 21-year-olds being that guy. This is, a, this is a year to give that position to a Devin Shore who's a veteran guy who's been around for a while now. I don't want to waste a year of, you know, rough uh, of, of Lavoie or whatever sitting on my taxi squad. If I'm having a taxi squad guy, he's going to be a player more along the lines of Ryan Stanton who they signed today on a PTO or a Devin Shore. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I mean, look, American Hockey League, they're, they're hoping to get it started February 5th. Uh, the Oilers have got a ton of prospects like Lavoie, Kemp, uh, Samarukov, Broberg's going back to Europe. Like, they're going to have a bunch of guys in Europe that when the Europe, when their season ends in Sweden or whatever, they're all going to come over, but that might not be till the end of March. And so this is going to be really interesting to watch what happens with the AHL because I, I know for a fact there's a bunch of clubs that actually don't even want to play. Uh, yeah. Mark no, Spector it's an for the issue down there. Sorry, Bob. Yeah. It's, it's an issue down there. And they need a bunch of money from the NHL to pay for a lot of COVID testing and a lot of things. Like, it's it's not a for sure thing that the, AHH, the AHL just operates as usual. Give me a thought on Slater Cuckoo. Cuckoo. Uh, good. You know, there again, the good depth defenseman. I mean, he steps in front of Lagason on the left side. Uh, I just heard Tiff say he could play the right side too. That's great, but uh, you know, I, the, I guess what what I would say to you is, veteran. You know, it's like adding another guy to your bullpen, right? He's just a veteran guy in a year where you're going to need to dig in eight, nine defensemen deep. Uh, he can play. He's played in the league for a while, and he can play. It's a nice pickup. 
Yeah, well, they got, I mean, it's a different defense. Obviously, they're going to, I don't think, in, in fairness, Mark, I don't think they're going to miss Clefbaum on the power play. Now, watch them go from first to 15th. But they shouldn't miss Oscar that much on the power play. They have the best three in a 1-3-1 formation in the NHL with McDavid, Drysettle, and Nugent Hopkins. Those guys are all elite power play guys. And Barry will give them a different dimension. Five on five, someone's going to have to step up and take on some of the minutes of Oscar. It'll be Let's not forget, he was minus 17 last year. Like, he didn't kill it 5v5. Now, some of that yep. was minuses coming from uh, uh, goals against when the Oilers were on the power play. Mark, here we go. I'm going to, when we come back, uh, you've been down at the World Juniors. We're going to get thoughts on Broberg, Holloway, and also running up the score. Uh, Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta is currently 1258 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.